the Jolly Roger. The days get longer. The temperatures are rising and baseball is back. We are through nine games. Welcome in episode two, Sad Pirate Podcast. It's your host, Podfather, all-around best friend, John Duffley. Exciting week. It, as I mentioned in the first episode, feels like one of those seasons where if the Pirates play well and they play fun, you know, they'll be worth watching for stretches. And at five and four through the first nine games, so recording this on Sunday, April 17th, uh, battling a little bit of allergies, but fighting the good fight. Pirates take three of four. They get the win today over the Nationals, pushes their record above 500 for just the second time under manager Derek Shelton. First time was when they started the season 1-0 under Derek Shelton last year, and that was the last time they were above 500. So it's mid-April. And one of the things we'll be talking about today is a few pleasant overreactions. Um, but as always, Sad Powered Podcast, we're going to get you just the cliff notes from the week. Obviously, baseball is long, arduous. So I want to make these concise, sweet, short, little bite-sized reminders of what's going on between the lines with the Pittsburgh Pirates. Let's load the bases. Four biggest stories you missed from this week. Number one. So right out of the gate, before we get to any baseball, first thing I have to get to is just a quick aside for anyone who's actually watching the game. So I I do have my MLB extra innings up and running, watching almost every pitch of of the Pirates to start the season. We'll see how long that goes. But watching AT&T Sports and hearing Greg Brown sit alongside Pine Richland's finest, former Pirates second baseman, all-star Neil Walker, Greg Brown and Neil Walker have a bromance that is scintillating to listen to. Uh, Baseball games, as most fans know, can be long at at times. Stretches where not much action is happening. It's really just pitcher, catcher, hitter. And the game has its ebbs and flows between how those battles go. So you got to fill some time. And Greg Brown and Neil Walker have been electric to listen to calling back to the days when neil was on the team when the pirates made those runs between 13 and 15 all kind of storytelling and asides and things and so that's been fun to actually listen to them and it makes the games you know kind of like a a podcast if you will uh no disrespect to the great joe block and and bob walk on the other team but greg brown and neil walker at&t sports keep them coming uh also just shout out michael the fort mchenry in studio, breaking down Roberto Perez blocking the plate. I love Fort. He's just like one of those baseball players who, to me, was just like resonant for not really doing all that much. He had like moments. It was kind of just in a support role. Love the Fort in studio. So shout out to the Pirates broadcast team, keeping these games interesting and a little bit fun. Number two. Back to what's happening on the field. Uh, I mentioned it in the first episode. Starting pitching for the Pittsburgh Pirates is going to be on par with, with some AAA clubs, uh, it looks like. So it it has been more and more disheartening with each each guy that comes up. So we're only basically two times through the rotation now. This week we'll be entering our third. But in six games this week, the Pirate starters, and so I'll just re- run these off for you. So six games, only 25 innings out of six different starts. Nobody has reached the fifth inning 
as a starting pitcher yet, except for uh, Quintana, who did that um, on opening day at PNC Park against the Cubs on Tuesday. So he did reach the fifth inning. He threw five and a third that day. Nobody else has reached the fifth inning. So just 25 innings in six games is not good. Uh, 31 hits and 16 earned runs. And again, these stars aren't making it past four innings. So they're giving up runs. First, second, third inning are were already in a hole. Just 19 strikeouts to 16 walks. Combined 0-2 record for no decisions. The Pirates bullpen has been doing everything they can to pick up the slack and trying to keep keep the club in in these games. Mitch Keller has been a disaster. Uh, nine 9.39 ERA, 0-2 early out of the gate for someone who was supposed to be taking a leap. Um, certainly not to start this year, so discouraging. JT Brubaker, also 0-1 with a... Uh, ERA over nine nine eight two as of Sunday the seventeenth. Bryce Wilson through eight innings. Uh, he's thrown eight innings. Excuse me, five point four ERA. Quintana will get the pass here, so he is zero and one, which is a one six nine ERA. Um, but again, he's only thrown one game, so he'll be he'll be back up in the rotation, um, I believe, tomorrow on Monday. But I mean, Zach Thompson four five ERA did not look good um, in just four innings of work earlier this week. So the bullpen is getting a shout out here for just keeping things alive. Dylan Peters has thrown four clean innings. He's gotten two wins out of this. Ronzi Contreras shut down, I believe, uh, came in on Thursday or Friday, if I recall correctly. Um, He threw a couple innings to get the win and and looked good doing it. Uh, Yeah, he threw three innings to pick up the win uh, in this game one of the Nationals, the 9-4 victory. Uh, so Ronzi Contreras is one of those prospects who they brought up this year from the minors who they're, they're really high on. Um, and he's working out of the bullpen to start the year, but did get a win because the starting rotation has been nothing at, at all of help. David Bedner, who we'll talk about uh, next, someone who I've enjoyed watching so far. Will Crows look good. Uh, hang tight on the starting pitching. We'll see if they can put something together, but this bullpen is, is leading the charge right now, so... We'll have to see how long that lasts. So we got into some trouble uh, this week with pitch counts going up and not sure who we can go to. So again, the problem is that if your five starters can't work a majority of the game to even get a quality start logged, um, this bullpen is going to get a lot of work and I'm not sure that they have the talent to take up big stretches and eat up big stretches of the game. So TBD, but one of the guys in that bullpen, um, let's go right to him. Number three. So David Bednar is 27 years old, uh, 6'1", 250, bit of a husky guy. The pride of Mars Area High School. So we do have a homegrown Pittsburgh boy um, who's looks like he's taking up residence as the closer of this of this team, which would be good to have someone in the back end who can just shut it down and get those three outs. Attended Lafayette College, drafted in the 35th round in 2016 by the San Diego Padres. Made his Major League debut in 2019, just a few years later with the Padres. He only appeared in 17 games over two seasons with San Diego and then came over to the Pirates last year, appeared in 61 games, and looked pretty good. 60 innings, uh, 77 strikeouts against just 19 walks, an ERA of 2.23 is very good for a reliever, especially one who was 26 last year and just turned 27. Uh, I believe his birthday is in October, if I remember right. He picked up the hold on Saturday through 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 a good inning to to get the hold as the Pirates won Saturday, and then closed it out and got the save on Sunday in front of his family on on Easter. So certainly seemed like in a post game interview with Robbie Inksbukowski or however you say it, Robbie I, 
Bedner is quiet, reserved. It doesn't seem like he's super built for the camera. But cool to see him back home and, and playing well here early and looking like he's taking up a, a pretty significant role in this bullpen. So our real down to Mars girl, David Bedner. Welcome home, buddy. Number four. All right, and touching home, our fourth uh, story is below the bases this week and get you caught up. I told myself I would be reserved in my belief in this team and their ability to really put good stretches of baseball together. Baseball is a long season. It is a lot of ebbs and flows, a lot of ups and downs, a lot of goods and bads, and you have to have, obviously, more goods than bads if you want to be contenders. And while this pitching staff is not going to help at all, this power offense looks like it can compete on any given night. And again, we're only just more than a week into this, but in terms of National League rankings through Sunday, and it, it's not because of blips on the radar. I mean, they're, they have done this a few different nights now where they string hits together, you know, they're not a huge power team. So going back to some of these rankings, so through the first, everyone's played about 10 games uh, across the league right now. And the National League rankings, Pirates rank almost last, 14th in home runs per at-bat. So they're only hitting one out every 60 at-bats right now. Every just 60.2 at-bats, they're hitting a home run. Reynolds has two. Uh, Michael Chavis hit a grand slam. Other than that, they really are just dinking and dunking this thing. Their batting average on balls in play, so a ball you know that's actually playable, um, where the runner has a chance to to reach. They're leading the National League with a 3.41 average. Team average, when everything's like taken into account, uh, they do rank fourth, 2.66. So again, they're not, no slouches when they're actually p- putting the ball in play. On base, they rank sixth. Hits sixth. Runs eleventh, and total bases twelfth. So I think this is a product of again this lack of power that they have. Yoshi Tsutsugo. Has hit hit the cleanup spot a few times now. Not a power guy, but he is someone who takes good at bats and who is getting on base. So it's it's they're not going to get a lot of power out of the middle of the lineup, but they are going to find hopefully something in Key Brian Hayes in terms of power. He's been hitting more at the top of the lineup and it's showing a 400 batting average through eight games, 438 on base, 938 OPS is very good. And again, we're talking about a small sample size, just 30 at-bats in 32 plate appearances for Key Bryan. Uh, like I said, Yoshi's getting on base, 324. Roberto Perez, catchers, caught six games. A pleasant 294 with a 400 on base percentage. Ben Gamble, 182 batting average, but a 357 on base. He's walked six times. Michael Chavis is their hottest hitter. He's hitting 500, six hits, and 12 at-bats. 571 on base and a ridiculous 1571 OPS that's certainly going to go down. But they have put some some really good stretches and games together. They're still trying to juggle the outfield whenever they seem to get Brian Reynolds in center, Gamble in right, and then Marisnik in left. Marisnik's hitting 385, but he's only play he's only had 13 at bats. You know they're trying to you know still juggle this lineup a little bit, but they have gotten some good production. Kevin Newman uh, has been out with a uh, he's been sidelined with a bit of an injury, so Dio Castillo has gotten some good work in the middle of the park there. He's played some second and he played short today on Sunday. They have flashes. The Pirates have put some really interesting, fun pieces together early in the season right now. So I'm not going to overreact, but I think they might actually get close to 70 wins. I know in the first episode I mentioned I'm expecting them to be around 65, but 
man, they they look like an offense who, if they can get some kind of support from their from the pitching, they they're gonna put they're gonna put dents into people. They're gonna work on some some bullpens and, and get deep into counts and really lengthen games just because they are patient at the plate and they do they don't hit with power, but they do put the ball in play a lot and they're doing it effectively right now. So not gonna overreact, but this offense may be a lot more surprising than we thought it was going to be coming into coming into spring training. And at 5-4, and four, it is a great time to be a Pittsburgh Pirate fan. Naturally, as the podcast matures, I will also mature my content delivery in this. So we're going to do a couple of these quick little segments tucked in here. First one we're going to do, pretty simple, classic game of Who's That Pirate? All right, one minute on the clock. We're going to read a couple of these off. You try to guess who's that pirate. This pirate made his Major League debut on March t- May 26, excuse me, 1998, and at 19 years, 335 days, was the youngest player in Major League Baseball at that time until Adrian Beltre debuted just one month later at 19 years, 78 days. Second clue on this pirate, he played his first five and a half seasons in Pittsburgh again starting in 1998. Then played his last season at 37 years old. 37 years old with the Pirates, ending his major league career. He spent parts of 13 seasons in the middle between that with the Cubs and the Brewers. And in 2001, this Pirate became the first player in franchise history with a 300 average, 34 home runs, 112 RBIs, and 40 doubles in one season. He was joined a few years later in this club by Jason Bay. Time is up. The answer, Aramis Ramirez. Classic third baseman. Classic pirate. One hell of a Chicago Cub, though. <laughs> he spent much more success with Chicago than he was with Pittsburgh. But a classic, one of my first favorite pirates. And just a quick look ahead before signing off here, episode two of the Sad Pirate Podcast. The marathon continues. Remember, Pirates playing 16 in a row right now in the heart of it. Just finished the homestand on Sunday, right on the road tomorrow on Monday. They got three games up in Milwaukee, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. Then they're going to head over to Wrigley and take on the Cubs for four games, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, and Sunday the 24th before they finally get the day off on Monday and come back home to play the Milwaukee Brewers again for a Tuesday to Thursday set. It's an exciting time to be a Pirate fan Currently, the name of the podcast is the Sad Pirate Podcast for good reason. We need to see a lot of time. We need to see this whole thing put together. Uh, but I, as I said earlier in this episode, I'm trying not to overreact. But right now, I am, I'm not the saddest pirate in the world. So join with me in celebrating a brief, shining moment of what pirate baseball could look like, starting pitching aside. When the bats get going, when they're playing good baseball, things are looking up. Episode 2, Sad Pirate Podcast. Can't wait to chat with you guys next time. Love you.